Hello. Hey, Allie. Welcome Hi. back. <laughs> Hi, Perrin. Everybody, welcome back to 20-something. How's it going today? Uh, it's so good. Actually, happiest thing ever. Well, one, woke up a little bit, like, flustered because I was up with – I. I'm working with um, high school seniors right now and there's a bunch of deadlines and I was working with one until about midnight last night. Um, and then I, I, you know, whenever you're like press snooze on your alarm and then about once a year, you accidentally just turn it off completely. Oh yeah. That happened to me this morning. And then I woke up about an hour, um, and a half later than I usually wake up. And so I was like, oh man, flustered. <laughs> and then I got to run for the first time in like two weeks and oh, it yay! felt good. So, oh my God. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's going to be a good day. The sun is shining and yeah, happiness all around. How about you, Holly? How are you? Oh my God. I absolutely love that. I love that. And you know what? Your body needed sleep. So that's fantastic. Um, yeah. I love that. I um, woke up pretty actually happy too, which is funny because the weather affects me so much, but the weather Mm. here sucks. And so normally I would wake up and not be super happy, but um, today I've been super productive because my husband who usually works from home is currently working at like a co-working space. (laughs) So I have the apartment to myself. Um, But yeah, so good, good morning for me too. Guys, F yeah, this is, we're starting out with a great podcast. We hope you're having a great day wherever you're listening to this. It's going to be good. Do you want me to just intro what we're doing? Yeah, do it, Hal. Um, so today um, we are going to talk about our fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, I was listening to a podcast this morning um, that discussed the podcast people discussed an article that talked about Kamala Harris's husband quitting his job to be the second gentleman as he is currently being referred to. And they realized that. Yeah. And they, he is quitting his job to like support her pretty much and to do what he needs to do in the white house to help um, her agenda. And they scrutinized him um, for doing that. Like, because the, because we set the bar so low for men, like, a woman obviously is going to quit her job in the second lady position, but like, oh, a man, we're going to applaud him because he quit his job. And it was kind of funny because I actually feel like they were a little bit wrong in that, in their feelings. Mm. And I personally feel like that's amazing. And it, I also attribute the article to like a different way a cis marriage can work where the sure. like man is supporting a woman. And the reason that I was even bringing this up at all is because in my family, my parents probably work 60, 40%, 100% of the time. Like one is 60 and one is 40, depending on what it is. Like my dad's cooking dinner and he's like, you know, probably 90% doing it or even just 60. But my mom's the supporting role when my dad's cooking dinner. He's running the show. She's supporting him. But in almost Mm -hmm. every other aspect I could think of, my mom is running the show and my dad is 100% like being supportive. Like he's the supportive one. And so it's just so interesting because my family grew up that way. Mm. And I don't know if, I don't know if it's, that's the reason that I hold men at such an extremely high standard 
Like you have to be so 100% confident in yourself and sure of yourself as a man to be the supporting role. And like, absolutely. Yeah. And I understand what they were saying, how like that's setting the bar low for men and they just should be. But thinking about men historically, I think it's a a big deal when the man is confident enough to be like, yeah, my wife is going to be the shining star in this marriage because that's who she is. And I would never diminish her. And so, you know, I'm going to be the supportive one. But anyway, I just thought that article was interesting. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's so much social pressure for men and fathers and husbands to, you know, play this role of protector and provider Mm -hmm. and that, they need to, you know, still be, even though it's 2020, almost 2021, still be this sort of dominant and um, like dominant part of yeah. the relationship. Right. And I think that, I don't know, it just doesn't necessarily have to be that way and is so admirable when individuals can take a step back and you know, be a, a, be a true supportive partner. Right. Exactly. And it's about the partnership. It's not Mm -hmm. about like the man and the woman, or at least not in my parents' marriage. Like it's just about the partnership, which partner needs support and which partner is going to be, you know, there's always an alpha, which partner is the alpha in this situation with which partner is the beta. And that's not a bad thing to be either. Yeah, totally. I feel like, I mean, that's something that I've, think we are lucky into Hallie like we both have two really great parents who have demonstrated how to make marriage work which marriage is such a hard thing I mean I I, am not one to talk because I'm not married but still (laughs) no it isn't that's a a safe assumption (laughs) yeah and I don't know but it's really I think cool that both of our parents have played these roles in our lives. Holly, will you tell me a little bit more and share with our listeners a little bit more about your dad and who he is? Yeah. um, I think, I don't know. My dad is, (laughs) he always was larger than life in my eyes when I was growing up. Um, He is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He um, met my mom when they were in college at IU um, which is in Bloomington, Indiana. They later ended up uh, moving to Bloomington, Indiana, which is where I grew up. Um, and like, I think that my dad, because of the way he was with my mom, is a huge reason why I'm a confident woman, especially with body image stuff. Like he mm. made it a super, he made it a norm to be healthy and like maintain like heart and mental health. And he specifically focused on that. He's worked in um, healthcare for a medical device company, his whole career. And so he knows he's not a doctor by any means, but he knows a little bit more about heart and mental health. And so he always talked about heart and mental health and he never focused Mm. on body weight or body type or anything. He even made jokes about body weight and body type so that like, as in it was of so little importance, like body weight and type was of so little importance that he would joke about it. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of how he went about it. And when I lived abroad in England, 
Um, I knew I was going to be there for a specific amount of time. I knew I was going to eat whatever I want. I knew I was going to drink whatever I wanted. At that time, I was drinking a lot of beer. And I knew I wasn't going to worry about working out because I wanted to soak up the city. I didn't want to worry for that eight months that I was going to have to work out. I wanted to soak up the city. And so, of course, I stopped working out and I ate a bunch of beer or drank a bunch of beer and ate a bunch of food. And I gained a couple of pounds. And when I came back, he actually made a joke about me gaining a couple pounds. And I think that would hurt most people. I didn't even register in my head. That's how little I, I think about weight and it being a bad thing. He, mm. in his, in his mind, it didn't matter. It was like, Oh, he gained a few pounds over there. And I was like, yeah. And then when I came back, I obviously like lost the weight right away. Cause I started, you know, walking and working out again. And I like, started eating normally, not even like losing weight on purpose, just eating normally and not drinking beer every night. And so it didn't, the weight for me wasn't about numbers or body image. It was about physical heart and mental health. And so Mm. him talking about that for his whole life and also just him making it of so little importance, like the weight part of so little importance, like my body image really, um, has been strong. Like, I feel like I'm a strong, confident woman, no matter what I weigh, because my heart is healthy and my, my mental health is healthy. And that's what mattered to him. And I think that's what mattered to me. So in that sense, my dad helped me a lot with that. Um, but yeah, he, he was great. Tell, okay. Tell me about your dad. Intro your dad. Well, I mean, in some similar ways, my dad has also promoted like heart and mental health um, my dad grew up in Oklahoma and he and my mom met at college as well in Indiana, DePaul oh, University. Shout out Tigers. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. And uh, right after college, he went and worked in a boatyard for a year in California and got his bartending license. Um, and then oh, eventually awesome. came back. Yeah. And he's a great cocktail maker. Um <laughs> But I actually love that. That's amazing. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) He's always coming up with a new one and it's really fun. Um, Eventually he came back to Oklahoma and took over the family business. But something that I think makes my dad a little bit unique is um, when he was 10 years old, his father had a heart attack at 35 and he was, he was playing squash during lunch, um, which he, did most days and he had a heart attack and he wasn't resuscitated quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. it was about 15 minutes before he was able to be resuscitated and he went into a coma and was fully brain dead. Um, and stayed in a coma for 17 years. And so growing up, my dad has sort of expressed like an insecurity of not knowing how to be a dad, but he's been the best dad ever. Like he, I don't know. He's just such a brilliant mind and a fun person to be around. And Mm -hmm. he is a fantastic role model. Um, What's something that he did like being a fantastic mind? Like what did he, what's an example of that? Like what did he do for you guys? Like, how did he kind of teach you? That's unreal, that story. And it it's different because grow, I think growing up without a dad changes you completely. And so I'm sure that he has, you know, misgivings. But I want to mm-hmm. hear about how great of a dad he was and what he did. 
because that's um, to overcome something like that and to be such a great dad is truly amazing. Yeah. He, I, I, I don't know. There's like, there's so many things that I really appreciate about my dad. And I was yeah. trying to reflect on a few of them. And one of the things I think our family has done really well growing up is we always had dinner together. And I love that. Um, I remember when we were, my dad has always been sort of a, like a low key entertainer. My mom's the extrovert or the more extroverted one of my parents. My dad mm-hmm. is, but my dad has a great sense of humor and, um, he's just so knowledgeable. So it's really fun to have conversations with him. Anyway, yeah. growing up when we were little kids, he would always at the dinner t- table do like magic trips with napkins and like, oh like stuff them into his hand. And my dad has really big hands. My dad's like a, a big guy. Uh-huh. Um, and I just remember being like shocked and he would, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen people do this, but like pinching off the kid's nose and then you put yes, your thumb. Yes. Yeah. My dad would 100%. do that and he would be like, oh my gosh, where's my nose? And, um, <laughs> and then when we got older and those things, you know, we, we understood the magic behind them. Um, he, he, we would get into discussions about economics or um, like talking about how a windmill works or, um, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had this door in our kitchen, right by our kitchen table. And on the back of the door, it swung open and there was a chalkboard there. And so we would get into a discussion and be like, oh, I don't understand how this is working. Mm-hmm. And he would get on the chalkboard and draw a supply and demand curve or draw the mechanics of some sort of thing that happens in our um, daily lives that we wanted to understand better. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. I feel like my dad has just been like such um, a good steward of knowledge and play Mm -hmm. throughout my life. Mm -hmm. What, What about you, Hallie? What are some things that you've appreciated about the way your dad raised you or or what he did for your family growing up? I think, um, oh gosh, I think something, I love that by the way. I think that's amazing. I could just see, I can picture like little Perrin, like learning. I just, I, that, that (laughs) image, I just want to thank you for that because that's amazing. And I would have loved to have been at one of those dinners. Um, (laughs) I think something my dad, um, instilled in us at a pretty young age was our eagerness to learn about different cultures now I have to preface that with I was fortunate enough to travel as a child, um, but we would always go on trips that were going to teach us something. So whether it was Ellis Island, where we found the ship manifests of the um, ships my grandparents came over on, or we went to Washington, D.C. Um, to see the White House, Arlington Cemetery, um, Mm. many like memorials or museums, we'd always learn something there. And even when we were leaving the country and we left the country quite a bit, um, I think places that people deemed like quote unquote unsafe because they might be a little less educated about what happens in a country that's not the U S he would take us there. He would take us to places to learn. And he always, I mean, I, I'm again, I was so fortunate to be able to travel to so many different countries but he lived in a way that he was consistently wondering about the world. And that's kind of the way he taught mm. us how to live. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned um, family dinners, because 
that was also a way that he would help us um, learn about different cultures. He cooked, my dad was the chef in our household um, and we would have family dinners and my dad would cook. And, um, you know, we wanted mac and cheese and green beans like every other child. Instead, we would get stir fried octopus and chicken in a mole sauce, which was, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, literally when we were like, six seven years old we would be looking at octopus legs and my dad was teaching us about this about an asian culture that you know cooked this as a delicacy and we were looking sure. at it like are you kidding but okay looking- <laughs> so i feel like i'm an adventurous cook and eater and i i wouldn't trust myself to cook an octopus i love some calamari i guess that's squid <laughs> But I don't think I could trust myself to cook an octopus. I, so that's a thing. I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> huge applause to your dad for that. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. He really, he would learn uh, when he was gone, he traveled for work and he would learn about this stuff and then he would bring it back to the house. Even like, so we wouldn't travel, but he would bring it back to the house and he would kind of teach us culture through food. Mm. And um, so that, that always brought us together just learning about the different cultures. Again, when I was little, I don't think I appreciated it, but now I'm so thankful that he did that. Um, totally. Absolutely. But That's what if, a gift. what about, um, I want to hear about what do you, what do you do with your dad? Like what was, what are fun things that you like to do with mm. your dad? Oh uh, gosh. I love going on walks with my dad. Um, my dad taught us to fish when we were younger. And so that's, that's fun. We don't do it often, but when we do, it's just nice, you know, like Mm -hmm. the things that, um, things that I appreciate most is opportunities for my dad and I to just have really meaningful conversations. Yeah. Um, and so they're pretty simple things like going on walks or going on hikes or, um, going on bike rides together. My dad is not a biker, but I love to bike. And uh-huh. my dad definitely goes out of his way to find opportunities to spend time with me mm-hmm. um, and do things that I love, which I so appreciate. Um, and I guess it goes both ways too. Like I, I went out shooting guns with him. <laughs> I love that. Um, I really want to do that. <laughs> and Yeah. And it's fun. And, um, I mean, my dad also loves red wine and he's very knowledgeable about it. And so we mm. like to drink, drink wine together. And yes, um, we also both love the sunshine and thrive off vitamin D. And um, so we can just sit outside and lay in the sun in the summer and, and have good chats. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. I... What about you and your dad? What do you guys like to do together? Oh, oh my God. I love that. My, my dad also is a pretty big wino. Again, I think our dads should, or I haven't said this yet, but I think I've said it per, like when we're not recording or I think our dads need to meet because I just think they would like yes. love each other. Um, 100%. But, <laughs> they, my dad also loves wine. Um, so like drinking with my dad is always fun. Cause again, he's teaching us about some wine in some region of some country. And it's really honestly fascinating. Um, but <laughs> I think one thing that my dad and we doing things together, we, we traveled together. Traveling is the most fun thing to do with my dad, just period, because again, he's so knowledgeable of whatever 
wherever we are because he's been to so many countries. Um, and so mm-hmm. he's the most fun person to travel with. But um, aside from that, we do the regular, like I love going on walks with my dad and getting into super deep discussions. And um, actually um, I went on a walk with my dad close to before I got married and I talked oh. to him about um, our last name because I knew kind of going into the marriage with my husband, Matthew, um, I was going to take his last name, um, for different reasons, but I knew that, that I was probably going to change my last name. And that was super hard for me because I, mm. I attribute the last name Serata to my dad. And I, I think sure. of how strong he is and how, how he makes the name like I, I used to hate my last name. People would pronounce my name Haley Sirota, and I didn't really correct them. I would cor- I would have to correct the first name. So I'd say, yeah, actually, it's Hallie um, Sirota. And I wouldn't correct the last name because I was just like, whatever. I mean, it's not – I don't. I hate the name. It's going to be pronounced incorrectly my whole life. Um, <laughs> also, I think I mispronounced your last name until, like – no, literally, because honest. no, truly, parent, you probably did because it wasn't until college. I'm not kidding. Probably senior year, junior or senior year of college that I actually became proud of my name and I would correct mm. people. I, I kind of learned a little bit from my dad, but just to be proud of, of your heritage and of your name. And so I would, when people would say Haley Sirota, I would go, no, no, actually it's Hallie Sirota. And I would correct both <laughs> names and I was like, and it, but it took me that long. It took me 20 yeah. years to, yeah. to correct both names and to be proud to be a Serata, even though people pronounce the name wrong. And that's because of the way my dad is a Serata. In, in my mind, Serata means super loyal to family. It means um, not comparing yourself to others. It means... Um, being like leading your life with this fierce confidence that my dad has, um, totally having a strong personality. It means all of these things that are so important to me. And I'm actually keeping my last name, um, and making it my middle name. So I'll be Hallie Serata Mo. But, um, I, it just, I had this conversation with him. I was like, dad, I'm so scared to get rid of Serata. He's like, you'll never get rid of Serata. That's in your heritage. And we had this like really great conversation about how, you know, Serata came to be and, and, um, things like that. My dad and I can get into a deep conversation in a a millisecond, but, um, I think that was a, those are huge fun things with my dad. I love that. That's so special. And something that I didn't even, I mean, I feel like I've thought about before, like, oh, would I take my husband's last name if I get married? Mm -hmm. But I haven't, really spent any time reflecting on what it would feel like to get rid of my my family last name Duncan and that is like such a meaningful and powerful change and decision to make and I don't know so sweet hearing about you and your dad going on that walk talking about that I can just imagine how yeah, it is crazy. That conversation was. Yeah, it is crazy. People don't think about it. It is a crazy thing. It's almost like mourning a loss of your last name a little bit. And yeah. the nice thing was, and what my dad told me was, you can make Mo whatever you want it to be. You're you're gonna have this new name, and you're gonna mm-hmm. sculpt it for your family, and your your family will be proud of Mo. And so you know, it was really he was very humble about that because I'm I'm sure that it was hard for him to have a daughter with a different last name, but totally, um, but yeah. 
Kelly, are there any things that your dad has said throughout your life, like sayings or things that your dad has repeatedly said that you, that has like been ingrained into you as like a lesson or, um, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah, probably. I mean, he always says, don't be an idiot, which just is like hilarious. It's so true though, just in everything in life, he always told us just don't be an idiot. Like it was just, it was like, it's such a simple way of talking about something, but it ingrained in us like to try and be the best person. And the way he Mm. phrased it was don't be an idiot. But, um, part of, so is, is that something that you all still say is, is a family to each other? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like if my brother or we were just at Thanksgiving um, and like my brother was leaving and um, we were just kind of like, okay, love ya. Bye. And don't be an idiot. Yeah. Just kind of like that. What about you? My dad has all like repeatedly throughout our lives always said to us, like, life's not fair. And regardless of what the circumstance was, um, whether you know, we lost a soccer game growing up or, um, we were fighting with one of our siblings and frustrated because he took my this or she pinched me or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'm sorry. Life's not fair. Work it out. I love that. And, or life's not fair. Um, you just got to keep going. And, and still to this day, it's like, ugh. Like, you know, circumstances that have happened with the pandemic. Yeah. And I felt sorry for myself or yep. whatever. Um, and my dad's like, you know, honey, life's not fair. Yeah. And I'm just like, yep. Yep. That is the hard truth, but it's so real. And it's so I is. think, yeah, I think I appreciate those mindsets and similar to, you know, your dad, it's like, let's just remind us all that you aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. No one else is. And, you know, you don't deserve anything more than anyone else just on the sole purpose of being who you are. Yes. Um, hundred percent Or because you're my daughter or because you're, you know, Perrin Duncan or Hallie Moe, you know? So I think that, that's something. And I feel Hallie, we've talked about this before that our dads and our parents have done a good job of raising us in a way that didn't create narcissists. <laughs> you yes. Know? No, that's so well said. Yes. A hundred percent. Well said, Perrin. Well, that was a good sentence, but yes, I absolutely 100%. Like whether that had to do with again, caring about other cultures and learning or whether that had to do with helping people who were being bullied in school. Like I got in trouble several times for bullying others who were bullying others. Like I would bully the bullies Mm -hmm. and, um, and I got kind of, I would get in trouble with the school, but then I would come home and my parents would be like, good job. You stuck up for somebody and that's, you should always do that. And whether it was just little things like that, you're so right. They've done such a good job in not raising narcissists are just we've we've all I feel like we both both of our families have taught us to just care about the greater good of the world totally which is so important especially now absolutely Hallie any final thoughts about your dad um I have only one and I know we're getting close to time 
Um, but one of the things that my dad um, does, and I think this can people can take this with them after the podcast, is mm. um, he has never, I've never once in my life seen him compare himself to somebody. Like he mm. truly, when I say he doesn't care what other people think or do, he doesn't. Like if he, our, if our neighbor buys a huge boat and is like, hey, look at my huge boat, he would be 100% excited for that person about their boat and not for a second think oh I wish I had a boat he just isn't That's like awesome. that and totally his not comparing I think is something that I'm still working on um because it's so strong and I think it helps his just physical health and mental health like so mm. much better like it's just so much less internal suffering when you compare and I compare Absolutely. all the time and so that's something that, um, thanks dad for telling me to not compare and for truly embodying, not comparing yourself to others because that's mm-hmm. so hard. And I feel like he's Superman for doing that. Yeah. I love that Hallie. And it is so important. I think that's, that's super incredible. I mean, obviously I think we have pretty wonderful men as our fathers and this podcast couldn't cover everything that they've done for us. But, um, yeah, I think we can just wrap this up by encouraging you all to reach out to your dads, um, if they're in your lives and thank them for what they've done for you. Absolutely. Um, Just reflect on what, what it is that has helped shape who you are um, that in the way that your father raised you in the way that your relationship with him has been. Um, Cause it's really meaningful. And I think it's important to, to take a step back and think about those things every once in a while. Absolutely. And this was super refreshing for me for sure. Um, Perrin, that was such a good thing to end on. I think we should go from there. But do you have anything else? <laughs> I, I think we're good, but Um, thanks everyone for listening in for another week of 20 something. We so appreciate you all. Yes. Thank you so much. You guys, um, please follow us on, um, Instagram at 20 something underscore pod. Um, and we will talk to you next Thursday. Sounds great. Talk to you next Thursday. Bye.